Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Eric Frank, the CEO of Lightbox, a commercial real estate information and technology platform that's recently jumped into the world of broadband mapping. With the FCC undergoing an effort to overhaul the federal government's notoriously inaccurate broadband map, Lightbox has just released its own internet connectivity map showing that approximately 60 million people in the U.S. lack access to the internet, a far larger number than the FCC's most recent count of 14.5 million. Eric and I discussed the detailed data behind the Lightbox map and what else it tells us about internet access and availability in the U.S., as well as how Lightbox hopes to work with the FCC and state governments on closing the digital divide. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure, Nicole. Always enjoy chatting with you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast because last time we spoke, we were talking about Lightbox and how um, you're a commercial real estate data company, um, but you were working on a broadband map, and now you have uh, you're releasing that map. Uh, you you are it shows that about 60 million Americans remain disconnected. Um, so tell me more about the map, how you produced it. And the high level of what you guys have uncovered here. We're publishing what we call the uh, internet connectivity map. Um, and so, you know, we set out to use our commercial real estate information, which is basically what are the locations across the country and, and territories that fall into that category of, you know, broadband serviceable. And um, using that definition, uh, that becomes kind of the underlying fabric. And that fabric is derived from all of the tax parcels that we collect as a company, overlaid by building footprints that we manufacture from imagery. And what we did to determine the state of connectivity is get a data set of almost 2 billion Wi-Fi access points. You know, those routers that are sitting inside of all of our homes that are, you know, we use to connect to the internet. And so we were able to geospatially uh, connect the fabric layer of what are all those buildings are to the, uh, to the locations of Wi-Fi and came up with, uh, you know, a, a delta of locations versus connectivity um, of about 25 million homes or 25 million structures. And then using, you know, kind of the, two and a half persons per location, you know, rounded it up to the low fifties. And we just rounded it up to 60 for the purpose of not trying to be too precise, right. because as, as you can understand, you know, there's a lot of false precision in here, but what's unique about the map is it is, it's all based on fact. There's no survey. There's no, you know, you know, we're not extending numbers. It's like we took all the locations that, that are, you know, available to us and then all of the, the Wi-Fi data that's available. And together, you know, that's probably got a 95, 97% accuracy, which is, you know, I don't think I've seen anything remotely like that. And while the published map is at a census track level for, you know, general viewing, the data is at the structural level. So we can provide to, you know, organizations and states and federal government and so forth that level at the structure to say that, you know, here are structures that, you know, either don't have full adoption. So Wi-Fi is evident in 12 of the 50 units of a multifamily 
and then you'd say, hey, that's adoption, right? Because mm-hmm. it's accessible. And then you have places where we don't have any evidence of a signal. And so that's probably an accessibility issue. And, you know, to answer, you know, exactly with precision, you'd get the data from the actual telecom companies next. And they would be able to tell you, yes, those locations where you're not seeing anything, we can or cannot serve them within the FCC definition of a serviceable location. Gotcha. So um, I know this 60 million numbers, you know, give or take or not being no. exactly precise here. And I'm I'm sure any creator of a map, would, that would be true of whether they said it or not. Um, but no. it's still significantly larger than the FCC's last estimate, which was about 14 and a half million. Um, and you basically s- spoke to where your data is coming from and why you're able to get s- such a large number. Can you but can you tell me a bit more about what differs between what you're able to do and what the FCC has been able to put out so far? You know, I, I think, you know, the the um, the challenge that I think uh, the FCC has had in the past is that they've gotten, you know, data, at, you know, this kind of census track level and contributed data from the telecoms. And then they would have some kind of formula that would say based upon in this track, if a certain percentage of the track was had availability, let's code the whole track as broadband serviceable. This goes to a level of granularity that's never been seen before. So the precision here is the precision, right? And so it has all the buildings and it has all the routers that are out there. And if we find buildings and no signal, that's when we identify that it's truly, uh, you know, not on the internet today. And, um, you know, clearly uh, all of the data sets, you know, have their margin of error but we're not doing any, you know, high level rounding or anything like that, which and, and I believe, although, you know, Lightbox is, you know, newer to this community, that there were challenges to, you know, that prior map from the FCC, which is why they are setting about oh, to yeah. get a more granular map. So I, I, I suspect that nobody's going to be overly surprised that we have a higher number. here. No, I, I don't think the FCC um, is shocked that their map is no good. They're definitely working on trying to, to redo it. Um, but yeah. even the broadband now had put out a, a their own report a few months ago based on their own independent analysis that showed something like 42 million Americans. So this yeah. is the largest largest estimate that I've seen so far. I know the NTIA. I've seen one that was like in a hundred million. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So now you're conservative. That's the Microsoft group (laughs) number. And that's obviously silly, right? Because there's only 300 odd million of us. So (laughs) one in three doesn't make any sense to me. One in six, maybe, uh, maybe more plausible. And in with your data, are you able to get a sense of are you following the broadband definition of, you know, 25.3 in order to determine if, if somebody's actually accessing the Internet? So we're just we're just recording whether or not there's Internet. Okay. Right. And we're not recording speed. However, uh, that that's because this data set that we have is very comprehensive and it also gets refreshed like 95 percent of the data gets refreshed like once a week or, or once a month. And so we can cont- continuously update this. The issue with the, the speed metrics are speed metrics are done, you know, um, by a consumer typically running a speed test. And that information, unsurprisingly to anybody who's in the data world, gets aggregated and gets monetized, right? And so we do have the data um, and we can make um, comparisons of speed from community to community and from block to block. It doesn't happen at a structure per structure level. So 
because of that, we haven't said that this is a broadband map. We've said this is a connectivity map, but we can for, you know, different communities take information and make some inferences. So if we identified that, you know, this apartment block or, or this, you know, uh, zip code or, or probably more granular has a particular speed and we can identify from some of the other data sets, you know, the same provider is, you know, on the 10 other houses around that neighborhood. You could probably infer that the speed of house A that reported the speed is probably going to be the same for house B, C, D and E. Uh, at least the greatest version, the greatest speed is probably all of them. Somebody may not be paying, you know, for the same speed that you could buy. But there is data to support speed. We just, you know, don't have a comprehensive uh, database to support that. So, you know, we're, we're basically saying, look, the idea is, can we calculate and identify where internet isn't today, right? And this whole digital divide stems from that. Other data sets can be layered onto this map, including the ISP data, and help understand, do we have an issue of affordability or accessibility? We can't tell the accessibility portion here because we don't know where we see no internet, whether or not that's actually an area that could be served. We can talk about though um, adoption because we will see in more of an urban setting where you have more multifamily buildings with multiple units um, that there were three units that are buying a service, but there are 12 units in the building that would suggest that it's adoption and, and affordability as opposed to the building obviously is, is wired for capability. So there's a lot of interesting analytics that you can run from these data sets that we have. And we have hundreds of data sets. We have all the boundaries. We know where all the schools are. We know all the demographics. We know lots of different things that you know can be drawn. We know where fiber is, the distance to fiber. So once you have the kind of the fabric that says, here are the broadband serviceable structures across the country, right, which is Lightbox uh, intellectual property, you can then do so many different types of analytics on top of that. And that's what we're hoping to do to support, you know, helping to address this divide that is, you know, so encompassing. Uh, yeah. So, so let's uh, just to round this out, then let's talk about what you are hoping to do with this map. I, I know that you guys submitted, um, I think, an RFP to be to participate in the FCC's uh, revamping of its own mapping process. So, um, is that what you are? Are you forging ahead with that? Are you hoping to work on a state by state level? How how are you hoping to move forward with this map? D, all of the above. <laughs> okay, right. fair. <laughs> So yeah, look, we have responded to uh, the FCC and we think Lightbox uh, is a, a, a unique uh, respondent to that process and can be particularly helpful. You know, this is not a project. This is our, our core business. Location intelligence is, you know, what, what we do. We support, you know, the technology world that needs precision location intelligence to route logistics and to land drones and to, you know, mount 5G devices and, and so many different things like that and, and people that invest in properties. And so, you know, uh, we believe that, you know, that capability works very well to address what the FCC wants. But we also have quite a lot of inbound interest, unsurprisingly, from states, right? And even from, you know, within the states, because there is this notion of, you know, my my constituency needs broadband. My constituency need, we need to be competitive in this state 
because of work from home, because of telemedicine, because of, you know, education and, you know, the homework gap. And if I don't bring, and, and particularly where people are going to work anywhere today, right? You know, they're not going to the office, they're going here and there. I need to have that capacity or my state is going to be economically impacted, right? And so you have a lot of the governors out there who are forming broadband committees and things like this. And so we're engaged in those conversations where we're aware of a conversation where we're not, please reach out to Lightbox, <laughs> we're happy to talk to you. But we're also, we're also a bit of an advocacy uh, supporter. Um, so, you know, we make our information available to communities, to advocacy organizations who can't deal with the volume of data here. This is really complex information to, you know, individually deal with, but it's also really valuable if you're trying to advocate for your own community. And, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to know that the same community that is in a, you know, a, a broadband um, uh, vacuum <laughs> is in a flood zone and is in less environmental friendly and has less tree coverage. And, you know, we have all that data uh, and we can support different advocacy organizations to try and uh, you know, get those things right. And, and a big part of our company mission is, is to do that as well as, you know, the, the, you know, the commercial side of our business, which is obviously also very important to us. Awesome. Well, I am very excited to keep up with your work and see where, where this map takes us. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk some more about it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you again, Eric, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.